Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, it's not exactly April, but you know, it kind of feels that way here in Augusta, right? We have the Masters. We do. Very we unusual. Masters. Very unusual Masters. My goodness, this will be one for the record books, you know. No no stands. I was watching the Golf Channel today, and they were showing the pitchers, and there's there's no ropes, there's no stands, there's no nothing out there. Yeah. It's uh, just like a normal golf course. Did you see John Rahm's hole-in-one? I, I did. That oh, was my unbelievable. If you haven't seen that, if you're listening to us, go check that out. He skipped it on 16. As they do in the practice rounds. Right. They do a little skip skipped competition. He Man. skipped it over the water. It ran up on the bank, ran up on the green, and just curved around and fell in the hole. Almost as good as a skip I did the other day, right? Remember yeah, that one? yeah, yeah. That was a pretty good one there, yeah, just, John. Just yeah. didn't have a green on the other yeah, side. Yeah, it ended but. up in the pond, but it was pretty impressive. You know, the other interesting thing is I've, I was listening to Christmas music this week. It's hard to believe. WBBQ one hundred four point three is playing Christmas music. Playing. I, seemed a little early. It's a little early. Not even Thanksgiving. But started. Mm. Uh, you know, is twenty twenty going to change the Christmas season this year? I don't know. I yeah, mean, they're going to cancel it or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure retailers are trying to sell any way mm. they can, and that's part of the drive for it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Christmas music. November. Christmas music. And Masters. It's just, But yeah. the Masters, yeah. I mean, it's going to be exciting, you know, even with no fans. Um, you yeah. Know, be interesting to see what where Bryson DeChambeau drives the ball. Oh, my goodness. I he was it. talking about driving it through the Yeah, he was going to drive it. Um, from 13, he was going to drive it into 14's fairway. Yeah. He was going to clear the trees and everything because he's hitting like 400 yards. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so, yeah. That'll be fun. It'll be interesting. So there you go. There you go. And speaking of interesting, though, we have some great topics here to talk about um, today. Really? Great. Well, yeah, Taxes. they are. When, Come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we do have the tax changes under Biden. And it actually Potentially. Is a, it is a good topic because it is. these are changes that he wants to make. I think a lot of people are worried that they'll be affected, even if he were, even if they were to get control of the Senate and he was able to put these in place. And um, But, I, you know, if you when you dig down into it, 99% of the people are not affected by these changes. Yes. So that's, that's right. the good news. So anyway, that's yeah. that's your preview. That's, that's your, a preview, that's and then we're gonna teaser. we're gonna follow up with uh, a business retirement discussion. And um, you know, there's some different ways that small businesses we work with folks in the CSRA, uh, you know, save for retirement. And uh, you know, 401ks is natural for a very large corporation, but you know, there's simple IRAs for small businesses and SEP IRAs. And so there's some different options we're going to kind of dive into. And uh, if you're listening out there and you have a business or you know someone who uh, who has a business, there's some easy ways to save for retirement. And we're going to kind of talk about the pros and the cons. Yeah, we're going to boil it down into the simple choices you yes, have out there. That's right. Yeah, the best ones. There we go. And uh, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 25 years' experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey Certified Counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years. We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcast are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast. You can listen to it from your computer if you prefer. And also have a lot of forms, a lot of tools out there on the website. So go check out the resources tab. Facebook page, MoneyMD. We uh, put a prescription of the week. I think I'm up this week. So go check that out. Yeah, that's right. And you can link to us there. You can send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. 
And uh, we'll talk about those here on the air if you send them to us. And uh, But we're going to start off here, though, John, with our financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the Department of Commerce. And um, interesting, Steve, back in April, you remember that? Uh, everything was completely mm. shut down. This savings rate hit a record for uh, Americans, 33% savings rate. Wow. And that was uh, much higher than the year before in 2019 of 7.5%. So, wow. Well, um, you, yeah, you couldn't spend any money because yeah. you were locked in your house. Yeah, right. So there's it's, there's going to be a lot of skewed data from 2020. If you think about like the GDP from the third quarter, the annualized rate of 33 percent. I mean, yeah, you crazy. look at that. It's like, wow, that's really good. Well, it's coming from a very low number. So. Right, right. But yeah, April we didn't do anything. You couldn't travel. The whole country was shut down. That was very unusual. That time. was unbelievable times. Never in our lifetime. Hopefully, will we ever see that again? But yeah. Uh, but yeah, the savings rate. You know, last year was what seven and a half percent. Um, which was also a good rate for Americans. So Americans have improved their ability to save money, um, which is good. We like we, to think we're we having some impact on that, right? Yeah, exactly. We're working on it. That's we're right. Working on it. That's but yeah, everybody has that. And it's a good response. You need to tighten up, obviously, when times are tough. Um, but you always need to be saving 15% of retirement, right? Yep. Yeah. That's right. And then also saving to replenish your emergency fund. So really, you ought to be saving 15 plus percent every single year so uh you know but that's a good response though that overall you know that they had to the to the pandemic and yeah. the uncertainty put in an emergency fund and probably set them up to get them through the summer so exactly all right and that leads us up here to our first topic and that is tax changes under biden um this is based on an article from forbes very recently um but john you know as the election winds down there are a lot of americans that are kind of asking their quest asking the question are my taxes going to change and this really depends on the georgia senate races there's two of them exactly runoff right. january the 5th all right well you're you're still my thunder here that's <laughs> no, in there but, that's in here but you're right i just yeah, want exactly. people to remember that date. exactly yeah it's january the 5th there's a runoff and uh you know so it's unlikely that they would get control because there's two incumbents um you know and one of them is a longtime incumbent, yes. um, and they'd have to win, but Democrats would have to win both races to take control of the Senate, which would be necessary for um, for 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 President Biden to be able to, to you know implement his right, changes. Right, you right. know, so it's unlikely these will come to fruition. But having said that, you know, obviously there's a possibility out there, so it's worth taking a look at it mm -hmm. and. And, and it's worth being a little bit concerned if you think you're going to be impacted by this. But the good news is you probably aren't. Um, that's why we're going to go over it. But it's a valid question um, because he has made no he hasn't hidden the fact that he would raise taxes by nearly three point five trillion dollars if given the chance over the next 10 years on corporations and individuals. Um, but it's individuals making over four hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, and, but he also proposes some tax cuts for lower income folks. Um, but as a result, very high income earners would have uh, a right to be nervous under under uh, his tax plan, um, particularly if the Senate was to flip to Democrats in the runoff election, as you mentioned, in January in Georgia. Um, however, I mean, most political experts don't think that's going to happen, you know, and if the Republicans retain just one of those two seats, then it's extremely unlikely um, he'd be able to get any of this, you know, passed through the Senate where, you know, bills generally require 60 votes for passage. Um, and so as unlikely as that is, though, I mean, but perhaps we should remind ourselves exactly what it is that he's proposed. And so we're going to take a look at that. Um, and he's made no secret of his desire to raise taxes. 
on certain people, but like we said, people making over four hundred thousand dollars per year. But the question is, what would he change? So let's take a look at it. Yeah, the the um, mm. one one item is um, actually uh, the the top rate on ordinary income. He just wants to change one rate. Um, you know, there's seven tax rates. He wants to change the top one from thirty seven percent up to um, thirty nine point six percent. So if you um, if you make more than five hundred twenty thousand as a single taxpayer or six hundred twenty thousand. You know, filing jointly, then that's going to impact you. But again, I mean, most of these, I think, as you'll see as we go through it, uh, you, we're not going to have to worry about it, right? Yeah, they're top one percenters or even higher <clears throat> in some cases. Like the second one here, and that's the top rate on long-term capital gains rates and dividends. Um, long-term capital gains, um, you know, think the sales stocks, anything that you held for over a year, those are considered long-term gains. And qualified dividends that are dividends coming from large, you know, uh, publicly held co corporations, those are currently taxed at a maximum rate of 20 percent, um, although most Americans pay like 15 percent um, on those. Uh, so that's, that's where most people fall. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of people that are in a 10 or 12 percent tax bracket that pay zero percent. Yeah, that's a good gains, deal, which is a great deal. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Well, Biden would increase the top rate on long-term gains from 20% to 39.6%. So he counted as ordinary income, but it would only apply for Americans making over a million dollars a year. So yeah. that's the very elite yeah, you know, no income doubt. earners. Yep. Um, and so, you know, if your income is less than a million dollars, you don't need to worry about that one. That's the bottom line. Yeah, another one, payroll increases. Um, again, 400000 is kind of the threshold. So there'd be a donut hole. So let's say someone made 500000 They would pay 6.2% Social Security tax on the first, about 138000 Um, They would pay no Social Security taxes between one hundred thirty-eight and four hundred. But then over four hundred, they would pay another six point two percent on that extra hundred thousand dollars. Now the uh, the Medicare tax, the one point four five percent, would be taxed on all the wages, and there would be a an Obamacare tax on wages over two fifty of about point nine percent. So again, that that four hundred thousand dollar threshold is really key in his proposals, right? Right, right, right. So uh, and I think that only applies to ordinary income, um, earned income. Mm -hmm. Okay, but. Um, you never know. I mean, these things could work out. But the key is 400000 is really where that kicks in. Um, and then the uh, itemized deductions. Um, you know, uh, the, the standard deduction was doubled back in the last tax bill from about $6,000 to $12,400 for single taxpayers and up to 24800 for married couples. And so, you know, while eliminating um, and, and limiting certain itemized deductions. Um, so, uh, you know, what they're looking at in this new tax proposal that he's made, uh, that Biden has made, is to make two changes to itemized deductions. First, for uh, those people earning in excess of $400,000, he'd reinstate what they call the P's limitation. Um, and that's a provision that was eliminated here recently, but basically it would reduce uh, itemized deductions by 3% for every dollar that you make over 400000 So again, that $400,000 limit comes into play. If you don't make over 400000 it wouldn't apply to you. But if you do, then this phase out of itemized deductions would come back into play at the tune of 3%. Um, for every dollar you make over that 400000 limit. And he would cap itemized deductions as well at 28% on deductions uh, for incomes above $400,000. So 
Um, so you'd only get you'd only get credit for twenty eight percent of your itemized deductions, even if you were in a thirty nine point six percent tax bracket. Right. It's basically what they're saying. So it would be vastly limited for people making higher, lot, sure. real high incomes. Yeah, that's right. And another uh, item here, this actually affects corporations, a little different than the individual. Um, you know, the Tax Act back in 2017 reduced the corporate rate from 35% down to 21%. Biden would raise the corporate rate back up to 28%. So he wouldn't go all the way back to the 35, but he would increase it from where it is today. And he would also implement a new form of the alternative minimum tax for corporations with financial statement income in excess of $100 million, um, and they would pay an, an additional 15% on that financial statement income. So corporations would certainly feel the pinch. The yeah, right, anyway. <clears throat> right, right. And, you know, that's the having a minimum tax for corporations is kind of the only one that makes sense to me, to be honest with you. But, yeah. but uh, for corporate taxes, um, I think it should be a low rate, but there probably should be some kind of minimum. Um, but anyway, that's corporate taxes. State taxes... Um, so when you die under current law, the value of your st- assets, um, only over $11.5 million, John, per person in your estate is taxed at 40%. So if you make under, if you have less than $11.5 million, which I think pretty much covers all of us, yep. you know, for the most part, um, per person, uh, so gee, it's $23 million, you know, total for a married couple. Anything less than that's not taxed at all, but over that would be forty percent under current law. Um, so whenever you're whenever you die, your heirs' assets also get a stepped up in basis. So if you have unrealized gains, those get stepped up to the value at the date of death um, <clears throat> in your estate. So that's the way it is under current law. What he's proposing. Um, Biden is, is it would be pretty much sweeping changes to this because the rate would go up to 45% instead of 40%. And the exemption would drop all the way down to three and a half million dollars per person. So 7 million for a married couple. Um, still a big number, still a big number, still doesn't affect most people, but if you're wealthy, you know, that, that does make a big difference and come into play. So bottom line is most people, this does not affect at all, but you know, it is a significant proposal. Yeah, the stepped up could, right? Yeah, stepped, the up, stepped up would be a lot bigger deal. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, the 400,000 is a magic number, seems that's, like, right? That's the magic number, yeah. So if you summarize this, I mean, basically, you know, his increases result in, in tax increases for people earning between 400,000 and uh, and up. Um, but from four hundred to 790,000, the Tax Policy Institute um, they estimate that it would be about a 2.4% increase for, for, for those folks. Um, so about $9,000. So that's pretty minimal for somebody in that range. Um, but for people that really make a lot, you know, over 790000 so to speak, the, the one percenters, as they, they describe it here, you know, they would have a lot higher increase because they'd have that 16% increase in taxes on average, um, which would be like 265000 So biggest reason for that incremental jump is the doubling of the dividend capital gains rate <clears throat> all the way up to ordinary income rates. Um, and so that, that would be a, a big change for folks, as well as the estate tax changes. Um, but anyway, there are some tax cuts there, there are. that he's talking about. Yeah, there's, so these, these are good. Uh, Biden's plan also uh, has a number of cuts um, in the form of tax credits. Um, and a credit is better than a deduction because it basically reduces your tax liability dollar for dollar. 
and uh, they're often refundable, meaning if you don't owe taxes, the credit will increase the size of your refund. So here are some of the credits he's talking about. An expanded child tax credit um, currently tops out about $2,000, with only $1,000 of that being refundable. That would increase to $3,600 per child and would become fully refundable. That means a low-income family with three kids could get a, about a $10,000 refund without having paid in any taxes. So that child tax credit would, would be bolstered significantly. Yeah, that'd be a huge That would certainly help folks with a lot of kids. Yeah, a lot of low, kids with low income. Yes. That would really, yep. really be a big boost. And then um, another thing is the expanded child independent care credit, um, which, uh, you know, so if you're, if you're working and you're paying for somebody to care for your child, um, that would go up significantly, go from $3,000 up to $8,000 or $16,000 per family. Um, 50% of it would be refundable. So that's a pretty, that's a, that's a hefty increase. And then there'd also be a $5,000 credit that would be uh, created for caregivers of elderly relatives. So basically you get $5,000 um, straight in your pocket to um, care for, for older folks, you know, in your family. Um, I assume it means you wouldn't be working, you mm-hmm. know, and be doing that instead of working. Right. Um, and there'd be a new credit for up to $15,000 for time home buyers. Um, that's huge. I mean, 15, basically be giving them $15,000 to, to buy their first home basically. And then there would be an expansion of existing premium tax credits that <clears throat> make uh, state sponsored health care plans more affordable. Um, there'd be a renter's credit to, Reduce rent and utilities by up to thirty percent of income for low income folks, and there'll be an expansion of the earned income uh, credit for older taxpayers as well. So, result of all these credits, I mean, you know, it would it would actually decrease the tax bills for most Americans, um, and particularly those in the lower income brackets. Um, but families between eighty eight thousand and one hundred sixty thousand would get an average cut of five hundred forty dollars. So, pretty pretty small there. Um, and uh, but, you know, it goes up significantly if you're making below that that mark. So kind of the bottom line is, you know, if your income is over four hundred thousand, then these proposals would be more of a concern for you um, if the Senate flips parties in January. Um, but in all likelihood, there's going to be no tax legislation that's going to stand a chance of passage these first two years, um, because as it stands now, it looks like the Senate probably would not change hands yeah it's so it's gonna be amazing uh georgia is gonna have the whole uh political country i know a lot of people don't don't care about politics and i'm I'm really getting to be one of those people but you know that you know think about all the money that's going to go into those two races Mm. from the republicans and democrats i was listening to cnbc talk about the uh, 2024 republican hopefuls for the yep. next president, you know, is going to be, or in the next, you know, um, Republican nominee is going to, they're going to be spending time in Georgia over the next month and a half. So Georgia's going to get a lot of attention. A lot of attention here for the next month and a half. Yep. Like you said, they're already running ads, you know, for oh, this, yeah. and it's going to be crazy. Well, those uh, ad companies have to be doing like, uh, just have rake, a banner year. Raking it in oh, for goodness. ads, um, any kind of ad form, yeah. you know, makes you want to, you know, open some kind of media company just for two months. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so there you go. That's ta- Biden's tax plans. Yep. You know, most people will not affect, yeah. even if they were implemented, which I think is unlikely at this point. So just wanted to clear that up. 
And that leads us up here to our question of the week. This has to do with saving for house repairs. And, you know, when you do budgets, there's always unusual expenses, um, house repairs, car repairs that you should really budget for. You should really be setting aside, you know, tires, for example. Let's say you spend $1,000 on tires. Let's say $1,200 and it's $100 a month that you need to save for the next year. You need to put it into the budget. Should you put it in cash? Should you put it into a brokerage account? You know, if you have an ongoing um, monthly balance. contribution balance, yeah, yeah, you can keep it in a brokerage account. That's okay. Um, sure, if it builds up, yeah. yeah. If it yeah. builds up to a significant amount, I'd invest it, you know, yeah. if it's long-term money. But you, but if it's something you deplete every year, you know, then that's a little bit different. Um, then you probably want to keep it pretty safe. Yeah, it depends. It depends on how much is in there and how quickly you're using it, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, but that's a great question. It's certainly something you should be doing. I applaud the effort to yes. save specifically for home repairs because most people forget that those that those come routinely, and they're huge when they come. Right? They're not small. That's you right. You know, they're they're big expenses. So you got to put a lot of money in that pot. So good question of the week, and that leads us up here to our next topic, and that is what is a simple IRA or other retirement plans for. For small employers, John. Small businesses. Yeah, if you run a small business, uh, and this comes from the Ramsey organization, um, you know, you want to take care of your team members and you also want to save for retirement. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, and if you're one of the millions of Americans who work in a small business, you're hoping that your your uh, employer offers that. And, and one way to do that is called a simple IRA. So let's take a look at a simple IRA. Um, it's, it's, it's very easy to set up, which is uh, a nice name for it, simple, right? So we'll right. kind of let you go into defining it. Yeah, absolutely. The simple IRA stands for the Savings Incentive Match Plan for Employers. But um, yeah, I like the word simple because it really is very simple, and that's the key to it. You know, it's a startup retirement plan for small businesses, usually reserved for companies that have less than a hundred employees. Um, and this plan makes it really easy for small business owners to kind of save for their own retirement. Um, yeah, the limits aren't as big 401ks, but they're very easy to set up. Doesn't cost anything to administer, John. That's right. So um, some of the, the basics of the plan is it allows employees and employers to put money basically into a traditional IRA, and it's set up by the business. Your, your plan's provider will offer a variety of investment options to choose from, and you know each employee is uh, free to pick which ones to include in their simple IRA, and you don't have to participate as, a, as an employee, but um, you'll get a match. Um, you know, you can decide how much of your paycheck to contribute. Um, you know, since it's a tax deferred account, you won't pay any taxes on that. So pretty simple to set up from an employer standpoint. And um, like you said, there's there's uh, really no cost to set it up. Yeah, that's right. So the big question is, what are the contribution limits for it? <clears throat> because, you know, that's always a big issue that's driving, you know, what plan people choose. Well, for 2020, for this year, um, employees can contribute up to $13,500 per year into their simple IRA. If they're over age 50, if they're 50 or over, then they can put an additional 3000 in as a catch-up contribution. So 16500 if you're over 50 into your simple IRA. That's not too bad because it's, what, 26000 in a 401k. Mm-hmm. So you're still, you know, you're getting up in there and there's some serious money you can put in there. Meanwhile, the employer contributions are mandatory for simple IRAs. Um, and they can be made kind of one in two ways. Most employers choose the match imp- to it, to match employees' contributions up to 3% of their salary. That's the easy way to do it. So it's just a flat 3%. So if you're in a plan with the match-only option, 
Um, you have to put money in your simple IRA before your employer matches it. Um, and if you're, you know, ready to invest it, you can take advantage of that match and it's free money. And, um, you know, it goes straight in as part of your, part of your compensation. Um, the other option that employers have is to make an automatic 2% contribution that, that is not a match. That means your employer will contribute 2% of your salary into the simple, even if you don't put in a dime. That's the other option. Yeah, so the pros and cons. Uh, the pros is uh, you know, a lot of flexibility. Um, some 401ks, you might have to work there for you know a number of years before the company will actually you know uh, put the match in, or it, it may not even belong to you for a number of years. You have to have vesting. But that's not the case with a simple IRA. When you put money in there and your employer puts money in there, you're immediately vested. So that's important. And uh, that simply means that every dollar that's in that account immediately belongs to you, and you can take it with you when you leave the company. So it's it's your money right away. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, a big advantage is it's easier and less expensive to set up and operate. Um, so, I mean, that's one of the biggest benefits for a simple IRA is that, you know, setting it up is, is a piece of cake. You know, it's just a government form, basically, that you fill out, and then you just open accounts that – at a, a, you know, very, any, basically any financial institution and to open up simple IRA type of accounts typically. Um, and then rather than a 401k, it's a lot, it's a lot lower cost um, to run and operate. I mean, there's no ongoing expenses to, to, to own a simple IRA for the most part. I mean, it's like owning an IRA account where there might be an IRA maintenance fee or something like that that applies to it. But other than that, it really doesn't cost anything more, but a typical 401k plan, John, as you know, typically runs three, four, five thousand dollars sure. a year yep. for an employer to keep that plan running, um, <clears throat> and to set it up even more. So, um, you know, so there's a lot lower administrative costs, a lot fewer regulations to worry about, and you know, to a business owner, that that's really music to your ears because it's it, it's it's a cinch compared to a 401k plan, which is a lot more complicated. Yeah, and there's some cons to a simple IRA. There's no Roth option um, associated with it. Sometimes 401ks do have that, so Roth is not a part of the simple IRA process. There's also lower contribution limits when you compare it to a 401k. Um, like we mentioned, thirteen thousand five hundred under the age of fifty. 16.5 over 50. So uh, there's also some steep withdrawal penalties as well. You got to be careful of. Yeah, that's true. If you're taking money out of a simple IRA or any retirement account, you know, you should always, you know, kind of be careful about that and, um, you know, avoid, uh, you know, that last resort kind of thing. But if you withdraw from a simple within two years of opening it, you're going to pay a 25% penalty. So can't take money out within two years of opening the account. That's kind of the bottom line here. Um, and that's kind of unique to simple IRAs. Mm -hmm. So, but of course, any retirement plan before age 59 and a half, there's a 10% penalty to take money out generally yep. before age 59 and a half. Yeah. And there are some other choices, uh, alternatives to simple IRAs. SEP IRA is another option for small businesses. Uh, basically, you're contributing for yourself. And if you have employees, you have to do the same percentage. Um, that you're contributing for yourself or the other employees. So if you have a lot of employees, it can be a very expensive uh, cost because you're having to basically put that in for them. And uh, another one we have some people using is a solo 401k. That can be actually be set up kind of like a simple plan, but it's just when you have one person in the uh, the business and uh, gives you some advantages of the 401k. So that's that's another option. Three three really good options there. Yeah, I mean, I love the simple IRA. I think that's the, the one of choice for most small businesses that have employees. If you don't have any employees, just you and your spouse or something, then a SEP IRA is kind of the one of choice. But for small businesses, 
either one of those two really makes a lot of sense. Very low cost, very easy to open and maintain. Um, that would be my preference for most most yep. businesses. Yeah. So good topic. All right. And that leads us up here to our final thing, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, this is kind of a, a soft prescription of the week. But, uh, you know, one of the things we, we deal with um, with clients on and, and other folks that we, we meet with in the community is is having a level of contentment. Um, you know, mm-hmm. this has been a very difficult year for a lot of folks uh, from an employment, family standpoint, just lifestyle standpoint. And, and um, you know, we, we do have folks that come to us that are content. They have emergency funds in place. They have a plan. They're out of debt. It's kind of stuff we talk about and the Ramsey organization talks about as well. But um, try to be content where you are. Um, doesn't mean you don't make changes and look towards the future, but being content um you know, in your position today is important because we're, most of us have, you know, a lot of blessings and we just need to step back and realize that. And I think we did that in April. I think a lot of people really stepped back and just kind of had a chance to reflect on where they were. Quite frankly, we see a lot of people retiring this year because they've realized. It is interesting. People are, you know, and I mean, I I like that. I mean, you got to take advantage of every day and every year and, you know, you got to, you know, stop and smell the roses, to, to so to speak. And, you know, I like to tell people, don't wait until you retire to enjoy your golden years. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, budget fun, budget relaxation into every year. And this is a great year with, you know, to get outside. And, you know, th- the one thing you can do is get outside and, you know, <clears throat> take long walks and yeah. enjoy the weather. And uh, but but, yeah, take advantage of uh, what life has to offer. So. That's content. a good one, John. Yeah, I yeah, like it. Yeah. I like that soft side. Softer. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's good. All right. Well, that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week. There are more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us on our website, moneymd.net. You can link to us there and send us your questions, or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.